Hey everybody, welcome to another episode. I am Michael Petro and joining me on the show is Charles Fernandez from the Nerdgasm. Me and Charles haven't seen each other for a minute, ladies and gentlemen. So we're catching up on this episode of some things that have already passed us by and we already know about. Uh, we start with uh, our, one of our favorite bands from our childhood. Heavily influenced Charles in his life as he was a DJ. Uh, the break up, breaking up of Daft Punk. We have a moment to remember them because we're not allowed to play their music. So it's not a moment of Daft Punk per se. Uh, the Schneider Cut. Was it worth it? Our review of Falcon Winter Soldier at the time, plus our predictions for the final episode, which we were mostly right on, so I think we might continue with that theme. Uh, National Treasure becoming a television series, perhaps, and our favorite Nick Cage moments, and lots more slipped out of our ugly mugs as this went on. So, that's what's on the show. Uh, to all you new people, actually, to all of our friends and family and everybody who listens to us, you know this part. You can go get a snack and come back once we kick in. To you new people, if you if this is your first time in pressing play, thank you so very much. It's very cool of you to go, let's take a chance on these idiots. What are you going to listen to? Well, you're going to listen to some fun debates. You're going to listen to some fun interviews on this show. But I want you to pay attention to therealdebaters.ca. That's where you can learn more about us. That's where you can find out where to subscribe to the show on your mobile device. That's where you can see pictures of us, blogs we've written. You can listen to the show there if you want. And then there's the donation and these are the support tabs. There's the donation tab where you throw pocket change at us, and uh, in turn that goes into production costs and makes the show better. Or you can buy stuff. And Rob from the show says, the first person who buys a skateboard deck, um, you will get to help produce one of the episodes, and we will dedicate it to you. So uh, first person to buy a skateboard deck, and email the Real Debaters at gmail.com. That's the real debaters at gmail.com. Gets to help us make a show. I'm shouting at you, Winnipeg people. It'd be great to have somebody from, you know, Timbuktu. But uh, to our fan base, to our listeners in Winnipeg, uh, get at us. Seriously. We're, we're like your neighbors. We're your annoying movie nerdy neighbors. Anyways, uh, so the real debaters.ca. That's it, guys. Uh, beyond that, oh, I just want to take a shout out before I forget. Uh, to our top 10, top 10 starting in Canada, Winnipeg, Vancouver, Nanaimo, Toronto, and Kelowna. And then to San Jose, Oakland, Ashburn, Cedar Grove, and Southington. Thank you. Thank you to everybody who listens to the show. But these are the top 10 places who are listening to us in Canada and America because we have yet to crack the European Union. That's okay. As I've said it before, dance with who you came with. All that matters is you guys listen to the show. You spread the good word about us. Thank you very much. Again, if this is your first time, thank you for pressing play. These people are just doing some heavy lifting, chatting about us, talking shit about us. Who knows? But you are causing a ripple effect to occur in the listenership of this show. So thank you very much for that. I have nothing else. I'll shut up. I'll cue the reel. Enjoy the show. Let's tidy up this tangle of film by putting it on a reel. Here is a motion picture film, a thousand feet. 16,000 separate photographs. Welcome, Hey everybody, I'm Charles Fernandez from the Nerdgasm, and I'm with... And I'm Michael Petro from this fucking show. And this <laughs> special features number four? is four, right? Yeah, we... I think so. That yeah, it's four. number four. That is four. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Uh, it's been a minute. We're off. I feel, it has. I feel like you're going on the merry-go-round one way, and I'm going on the merry-go-round the other way, and we'll eventually... <laughs> we're meeting up yeah 
just eventually. <laughs> You're Dr. Gonzo, and I'm uh, and I'm uh, oh, who's Johnny Depp in Fear and Loathing? Dr. Gonzo. Oh, I'm trying to remember. I know it's Hunter S. Thompson, but what the fuck's his character name? Oh, I know. Yeah. Uh, fuck. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, you know, you guys know. You, you yeah, know everybody, that. everybody you know who, who's listening here knows exactly what the fuck we're talking about. That's, that's right. Before we, uh, just a just a quick mention of it, because uh, without doing it, I would feel like it's a sin. But happy 420 to everybody. Uh, that's right. Happy 420, everybody. This episode's being recorded on Tuesday, 420. So it's weird not to wish you it, even though this will probably be out like fucking three weeks from now. Well, and you know what? That that's okay because smoke weed today, smoke weed every day. You guys are covered. Bam. Every day. Every <laughs> day. Uh, <laughs> well, it's it's been a minute, Charles. It has. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. I'm good. I'm done moving. So everything like moving is fun at first because you're packing. It's an adventure. You're going somewhere. Yeah, and you're excited because you're like, ooh, this is definitely real. This is happening. And then you move. Yeah. Sucks balls. That's the worst. You're like, I'm just lifting my stuff and putting it back down again. Like it's such a I mean, yeah. whatever. It I'm just being a giant baby. But um the the actual it wasn't even that bad, to tell you the truth. If we're being honest, like we did a little bit every day over the course of a couple of weeks, so it was very easy to transition. It was just the Right of moving and i am not a person who uh believes in outing people and putting everybody on blast or whatever but a certain moving company really screwed us and when i realized we were paying by the hour i was like i will deal with the treadmill <laughs> and sent them packing so oh my god we had to move up of- yeah fucking and of course they fucked you over when they're getting paid by the hour they're oh, like, yeah. oh well you know it's it's gonna take an extra couple hours totally so, so uh, that was that was like the worst part of it but then now ever since then like decorating and playing and landing in your own it's the best it's the best it's so much fun yeah and like um, it really is sean has got a fucking eye for cool like when you can come over hell yeah oh you're, you're gonna walk in you're gonna like our hallway right now has been painted black and is being turned into an art gallery essentially so it's like pictures that are going to be like three millimeters apart and it's just going to be like oh, a random array cool. we, already been, like, we went to value village and bought some like weird old like 50s stuff with like awkward weird poses and shit oh, i can't wait that sounds awesome yeah. dude i love it's it really good at, at the decorating i'm not the decorator um but uh, so yeah that happened and then that's awesome um yeah so it just kind of threw everything out of whack because we had one we had one planned and then i was like i'm moving i gotta focus on this shit <laughs> like yeah 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 oh yeah many plates too too much spinning of course. Uh, of course without further rambling from us because we preach about, <laughs> talk about movies and video games and pop culture and shit that's just, right let's just get to it now since time has passed in between last one and this one some big things had happened and Probably to everybody listening right now, they're going to be like, yeah, we've already heard that, but you haven't heard us talk about it. That's right. Which is the most important thing, because our opinions don't fucking matter, but they do. (laughs) (laughs) They're the most important ones in your lives, and we respect that, so you should, you know, we respect that you guys want to hear what's, well, we think about it. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Enough enough holier than thou shit. Uh, So... You 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 started off this whole list. This list has been growing over the week. We actually had to trim it down a bit, um, but it was 
and uh, I should take a picture of this and post it, but it was the end of Daft Punk Unhappy. Yeah. We were supposed to talk about it when it broke. Yeah. didn't, and then I was like, okay, next time. And then I was like, we're leading with this this time because you were like, I have an affinity for these guys. (laughs) It was like, man, it was crazy. Like, I honestly, it was like morning. Like, I know that sounds ridiculous, but... no. If I was around when the Beatles broke up, I would have been fucking heartbroken. And that's what this felt like. They were like my Beatles. Like I actually grew up with a band that influenced me and like really like connected with me. And I fucking loved everything these guys did. I loved how mysterious they are and like how fucking genius and how they, they're honestly some of the last artists that let their art 1000% 1000% speak for them. That's true. Once the <laughs> helmets went on. Uh, That's right. So if you've been living under a rock for the last, I don't know, 30, 40 years in electronic music yeah. band. Why am I doing this? You know who Daft Punk is. When, once they put those helmets on, um, it was, hang on, I got beard in my mouth. <laughs> no, see, I don't have that anymore. Yeah, you don't have that. None of you can. This, but I'm the only one who has to put up with a guy who had a beard, and I was like, "That's a nice beard." Oh, no beard, and I'm like, "What did you do with the human I knew?" <laughs> I'm someone else. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, no, they really did let their art speak for themselves. And I mean, yeah, okay, whatever. It's electronic music. A lot of people like to give a lot of shit, but these guys are are like trendsetters and industry changers. Yeah. Like, and they never really. I mean, they never. I'm, I I I don't know much about electronic music. It's the one genre I was never really into. I, I I remember. Here's my Daft Punk experience. Euphoria, the bar. Um, not the feeling you get from listening to too much Daft Punk, but uh, so Euphoria, <laughs> show your underwear night, around the world. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> like like people taking their pants off to around the world on a Wednesday night in a bar, showing their underwear. Uh, this was clearly before cell phones took really good pictures and of course and uh that's my but like that's awesome every like <laughs> three years every time you went it was like the default song to go to and it yeah like, and then that kind of like turned me on to them and then i was like man these guys go way back to the 90s like they yeah. been around for like late 80s early 90s because they were on the wedge and oh yeah like blue and their early work like what what was the it was blue with that video with that dog is that was that um i i funny enough before they even did electronic it was three of them and they were in a metal like not metal they were in a rock like they had a rock album their first ever album they made was this it was this rock album and it was horrible and i think one of the reviews said something about their like Daft Punk and it that was like whoa that blew their mind and then funny enough their first album their first dabble into electronic music was their first album which is ironically called Homework and they did it in their bedroom on a fucking little PC like on a whatever the computer was that time they just did it in their bedroom no studio nothing And then they sent out the demo like they were just like, you know, nobody. And not only were like studios blown away with their music, it was like, where did you record this? And it's like, oh, in your bedroom. 
<laughs> and they're like, what? Yeah. And it's like, I mean, it's like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that now. Like we're no way from the furthest place from upstairs in my house. And that doesn't make any sense, but I'm recording this from a, from a home, right? Any yeah. nowadays it's so commonplace, but back then yeah. to walk up to a record agency and be like, yeah, I made this. Yeah. And they'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? You're like, get out of my face. Like, why are you here? And then with these guys, they were going to them and being like, how did you do that? <laughs> and it's like, I, it's just amazing. And what I love is that this whole idea of celebrity is part of the job and this and that in a certain business. Yes. But these guys proved and proved still that that's all bullshit. Like if you really don't want to be involved in the fucking media, you actually don't have to be like, yeah, yeah they did put on costumes, but like something that's amazing is the last Grammys they were at in 2013, they're sitting, the real dudes are sitting next to the robots and nobody fucking knew. Nobody I knew. Remember seeing, that was nobody like a knew. meme for a minute or like a. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because people were like, when you find out that Daft Punk was sitting, because they went up on stage and so many people were like, who the fuck are these dudes that people are hugging and stuff? And, you know, even I, I even me, I was like, yeah, who is that? And it took me a minute to realize. And then you realize, like, when you see the genius that is that it was them, it's like, fuck, man, that's awesome. <laughs> that's wicked. Okay. That is 1000% the way to be a celebrity. Just to point counterpoint here. So we're not two dudes sucking the dick of daft punk because um, i loved them too like i they're they're just they're they're everybody's electronic band right like if you if, yeah if you don't if you're not into the genre you're always in the daft punk and they just exactly they that like you know daft punk you don't need to be an electronic head you just know daft punk and i guarantee there's a song that you're like oh i love that song <laughs> the thing that I always dug about them was they had this power to like, like you wouldn't hear about them for years. And then they would be like, yeah, we're going to do something with Pharrell. And then you're just like, yeah. you know how to make a comeback. Like yep. Radiohead, Daft Punk. I'm sure there's more, but those are the two bands that come to mind when it's like as little promotion as possible. The yeah. way to work your shit out into the world. Like here's an album, pay for it, whatever you feel. That's risky. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. Daft Punk being like, let's go away for five years. And like, no one's even talking about us. And then out of nowhere, they can just be like, Pharrell, happy, done. And they're yeah. it, like, they've always been in it. That, in, in that genre, like, you can give credit to like the Stones, right? Because that's playing an instrument. For sure. A lot of people give a lot for of sure. shit for like remixing and electronic, but like, you have to have tone and tune you have to have rhythm like it you're, you're playing an instrument just not in the same way that like classic rock albums and you know whatever other album that has ever won tons of grammys you give more credit well and like, i i totally i totally agree with you but the like and the thing that like and don't get me wrong like daft punk i was so into daft punk in my early 20s that i was like trying to be a dj that was my thing and my signature was every mix i made or everything that I was like, this is my set had something Daft Punk in it because I was like, without Daft Punk, I wouldn't even give a shit about this. And don't get me wrong. I used to love it. Like I used to love, cause when you're, it's like, you know, doing anything creatively, when you find your flow and things are just connecting, you 
you just feel the energy and you're like, I love this. But unfortunately, like maybe this is stereotypical with that lifestyle. It was just getting super fucked up all the time. And then nonstop, it'd be like, and like one day I woke up and I was like, I want to hear words again. I want to hear (laughs) instruments again. Like, you know, and then I was like, I can't listen to this shit anymore. And I, and now it's funny. I've been like, since quarantine, I was like, what music was I into 10 years ago? And I was listening to like old sets from DJs that like, I probably would name and generations that listen to electronic music now would be like, what, who? And I'd be like, but I was listening to it. I'm like, man, this was fun. Like this was good stuff. But like, same with Daft Punk. It was just, they were a band that no matter what, exactly like you said, they could go eight years without making music. And then they'd announce they're coming out with something. And I was fucking pumped. Like I pre-ordered that big of a fan. Like I'd be like, oh yeah, that's awesome. Right. And then it'd just be like, for sure. They're just revolutionary. Like they're, it's like, it's, it's honestly, they're just a genius that no other is like, like no one will ever sound like Freddie Mercury ever again. There will never be another Freddie Mercury. There will never be another Daft Punk. There'll never be another Elvis. Like they're just iconic with their like creativity and like what they make. And it's so funny. I saw memes that were like, Daft Punk is the only band that could make nothing for eight years. They'd be like, we're going to, we retire. (laughs) And it's like, you know, it's true though. It's like, but the way they even went out with that video was fucking amazing. It was amazing. It's, it's so it's them. Right. And it's, yeah, it's totally them. Like, and then we're fucking down. Hearing, have you seen interviews with Pharrell talking about them? It's so funny. Like he, is completely like hearing Pharrell gush about somebody else as a producer is wild because he's so talented. Right. And he's like gushing like a fanboy. He's like the robots tell you what to do and man, you just feel it. And it all comes together and you're like, yeah, I trust you robots. And that's (laughs) what he's saying. And you're like, holy shit. Like, that's so awesome. That's so awesome. And then it cuts to Niall Rogers. who's like the 70 year old fucking wicked you know, funk master. And he's like, the robots are crazy. <laughs> and it's so wild, man. It's so cool. It, like, it gives them a sense of, of peace and anonymity to like go, absolutely. Like, go anywhere and be like, yeah. And like, everybody be like, you're not Daft Punk. And you're like, I'm like, can you imagine? Like, they're like, they're like the Banksy of the music world, except mm-hmm. out of themselves, right? Yeah. And yeah, I mean, for a minute they never like, but seriously, you never know. And then anybody who ever plays a Daft Punk and puts like, like that, it's just so smart to be like, we can we could come out of nowhere and put the robot heads on, and do a concert somewhere yeah. and like convince everybody that they were there and they never got off the couch, because nobody would ever right. like because they've been in incognito for so long. So, for sure. And I think it's amazing that these guys can be such revolutionary artists, but they don't have to worry about just going to the grocery store because no one gives a fuck. Yeah. No one knows that it's them. You know what I mean? Like I used to admire Sia so much more because people didn't know who the fuck she was and she wore this obnoxious wig. I thought that was wicked. And then when she kind of got rid of that, I was like, damn, <laughs> I'm like, you kind of fucked yourself. And like, no, like, this could be a whole nother episode, but the whole backlash that's happening with their movie, I was like, see ya, if you just made music and hit your face, this would have never happened. <laughs> see what happens when you decide to be like, I'm Sia. I'm amazing now. Oh. Was that 
You asshole. Was that movie about autism that she got it? Yeah, man. It was like about an, a girl who has autism, but expresses, I guess she like is dealing with autism or is expressing herself through music. Okay. But like bottom line is I might not even be explaining that right, but that just shows that what the fuck is Sia doing making a movie about a girl with autism? Does Sia have autism? Does she know someone? Like, what is she doing? Yeah. Like, make a movie about music. Like, Prince made a movie called Purple Fucking Rain where he just played himself. He just played himself, basically. He was on a motorcycle singing songs. Like, that made sense because you're like, yeah, it's Prince. Okay. But, like, Sia making a movie about a girl with autism, I'm like, why? Yeah, he's asking for... <laughs> like, nothing against the autism no, no. community. I'm saying, like, why Sia? Like, I'm sure autistic people don't think of Sia as representation for them to make a movie. <laughs> and they shouldn't. <laughs> like, it makes no sense. When you when you embark on that creative journey, um, you have to be so it's just right to be so transparent and be like, we've consulted. Yeah. Like, like ground up, you have to do it because if, if you don't, you run the risk of, um, very offending people badly. And, yeah. Know, and just missing the mark of making it yeah. in the first place. Yeah. So like, like let somebody else, like not stay in your lane so much, Sia, but like, let somebody yeah. in that lane do that. And yeah, like maybe have common sense. <laughs> Like, you know, Lady Gaga started a movie about a girl who gets discovered being a musician. Kind of sounds like Lady Gaga. Smart move. That's a, that's <laughs> like, a lateral it, move, Lady Gaga. <laughs> yeah, like, and then if there was a twist where they're like, Lady Gaga, you actually, you know, you're mentally challenged. And then that was, and people would be like, what? Like, why is this happening? You know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't make sense. Like, I don't know what the fuck she was thinking. I can't. I think again, it's an ego thing. Like she wanted to be the one to be like, I made this movie for the autistic community and they loved yeah. it. You know what I mean? Cause I'm like, why the fuck? Unless she has some sort of connection with the autistic community. I don't get she's it. She's got a, I don't understand. The only thing I know that she's a Uber fan of is survivor. Cause she gives away a car or she gives away money to her favorite survivor player. Oh my God. so see a, make a movie about survivor you idiot <laughs> I, I watched survivor until no more survivor and jeff will be like all right here's the winner of survivor and then it's like sia's super like super player award goes to and, then like, and then it's like 100 grand she just loves the show. That's, that's so funny that's Sia just loves a reality show she's like fuck it yeah. if you guys will make an award after me i'll give money to someone yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious man that's my goal i want to get so famous that they'll just like i can just call up the producers of my favorite reality show and be like can you make a charles award and i'll just give someone extra money if they do really good yeah. that's, how, that's <laughs> totally how you inflate your own tires for sure yeah right like it's it's crazy well, like it's um i I'd love to do like a moment of not silence for Daft Punk and play Daft Punk. That's the easiest way to get in shit. And I don't like, I don't, I don't like getting in shit and I don't like getting money. <laughs> you know uh, what? Well, uh, I love the idea. We'll say a moment. We'll say a moment of respect for Daft Punk. And then we can just, I'll try and just edit a quick, like 30 second compilation of just like great Daft Punk moments. And then I think that's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do that. Amen to Daft Punk. Try to find, <laughs> try to find like, 
picture of a robot, then picture of them outside of the suit. Picture of a robot, picture of the... <laughs> <laughs> and it's like sublimate, and then it's like just cross-blurring. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Blur together. You decide, man or machine, you decide. So um, agenda number one done on the agenda number two um, was just a simple question. And uh, this also happened since we've been apart. And uh, the simple question is, was the was the Schneider cut worth it? Um, honestly, yeah, I think it was. I definitely, I was really fucking shocked with how much better and how good it was. It was not perfect. It wasn't like anything revolutionary, but for how bad Joss Whedon's was, this was really good. It was really good. It, it actually was a plot. It was a real story. <laughs> I, this is going to be short. Cause I agree with you too. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, man, it was great. All those, all those things. What I really loved was some uh, some respect and some attention for Fisher, for Ray Fisher. Like to yes, if we're comparing what we got, the bargain bin that we got compared to the uh, um, top shelf of the Schneider cut, uh, yeah, they just were like, yeah, you don't matter, cyborg at all. Yeah, and like I loved, yeah. loved, loved every time he was on screen. Loved it. His arc was so good in the Snyder Cut. It was so good. I loved how they turned it in. Even Aquaman was better. Like Aquaman was good. Well, and they had to kind of watch themselves because he was like, okay, how do I edit so that I don't include shit from Aquaman in Yes. Like, so he mother's yeah. trident instead of, you know, his trident. That's right. Yeah, my my two cents on it, like I loved seeing a Zack Schneider movie finally. I love yeah. weird long musical breaks. I loved Yes. Yeah, that's such a I thing. I love the Flash's entrance. I have a thing with Ezra. Dude, you know what? I I really so I looked at my original Nerdgasm review for the Joss Whedon one and my until this day I still agree with it. Uh, Flash, Cyborg and Aquaman were fucking useless in his movie. Like useless. Totally. And then that intro scene in Snyder Cut was so, just his shoes bursting from how fast he moved. I was like, that is a wicked detail. <laughs> just that alone. I was like, all right, Zach, you, uh, you already did better. <laughs> you did better already. Well, in, in giving you the, yeah, you're, you're already done. My box. Yeah, you already did better. Well, wow. um, <laughs> like editing it so that it was so long yeah Finally, it, so long in fact that it was now you were now learning how long that moment was for the flash like what he can do yes and how much he can accomplish because he is so fast by slowing it down so much and yeah yeah like everybody it was extra everybody had extra right yeah and yeah uh everything was tied together there was no there, like the editing yeah and uh and Steppenwolf was an actual decent villain instead of just like, why the fuck do I care about this dude? Like, what is this? Yeah. Uh, you know, recreating his CGI for his armor. Fantastic. I, yeah. I Dark so Steel. much better. I liked. Um, he looked great, man. I was like, when you start realizing that, oh, uh, this is supposed to be part one, it was like, kind of like, ah, uh, so you're seeing Thanos, but you're not even going to get to see them fight Thanos. Like, fuck. Yeah. That's lame. Dude. You know what I mean? But that last shot with them looking at each other through like the portal was sick. I was like, that's awesome. Yeah. It it really 
it really is ever and, and i mean we've been given Zack schneider from the from the beginning right through this yeah into the justice yep so even if it wasn't as great as it was it still is now complete because you don't have yeah. marvel wannabe yes a bad actor version of yeah. a marvel movie yeah clearly warner brothers was like whatever you did for avengers do that and it didn't yeah it was so stupid and it was so obvious that that's the studio's decision and that's what they wanted yeah they're like hey you made disney a lot of money with that avengers movie do that for us you know <laughs> get the fuck out of here what the fuck are you kidding me did that guy get fired because that was the worst decision and apparently joss is a fucking lunatic too like great call yeah no to to it kind of it makes sense though. Disney got rid of him after Avengers two, and it wasn't because of the movie because it actually did really well in the box office. They clearly saw something that they're like, we don't even want to be involved when this gets out. So you're done. Like get the fuck out of because he hasn't had anything to do with Disney since Avengers two. Like nothing. He's the writings on the wall. I think with him with Disney for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think they knew. Something. Yeah. And I'm. I'm <laughs> Too bad, too bad they weren't like, because I mean, they could have been like, don't work with him. We had problems. I know, eh? What assholes? They were like, yeah, you should hire him. He did Avengers for us. And they're like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he a Reco on yeah. to do another fucking superhero. Well, you know what makes me think of, did you ever watch Entourage? This could be a really good Entourage episode where you just see the studio heads fucking getting, yeah. he's yeah. like, I hate this fucking asshole. <laughs> hey, Bob, how are you? <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, totally. yeah. But yeah, no. I... But anyway, Snyder Cut, totally worth it. I think you should. I honestly, I watched BVS. Like I watched Batman versus Superman, then watched it. And it was actually like, God damn it. I see this man's vision. Right? And fuck, I wish Warner Brothers just left him alone. Right? I wish you just left him alone and let him do his thing. Do you know this? Like you guys are such idiots. Do, do you know that this still cost 80 million to make? I did. Yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> And he didn't get any of that. No. Isn't that even crazier? No, <laughs> That's like we talked about that. And you know what? I just have to say to you, just again, the movie is not perfect, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But I would pay lots. I would pay $80 million to let that man make the Injustice storyline, which is like the dystopia future where Batman, Joker, yeah. fucking... You know, uh, what is her name? Mora or Mara of the uh, Aquaman's woman, Cyborg, flat. like that wicked sequence. Cause he teased it a little bit in Batman versus Superman, which was a wicked scene too. And then what we got at the end of Justice League, that little scene made Jared Leto's Joker good, like actually enjoyable. I was actually like, oh, that laugh where he's like, ah, ah. the way he did it there, it was like, that is menacing. That is kind of like, fuck, it reminds me of like a Chucky doll. Like, ugh. Like, you know what I mean? Like, him giving the card and Batman taking the card, that was one of my favorite Batman Joker scenes. Like, that was, like, hearing Batman say, I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, give us this movie. Like, I would watch a whole trilogy of this. The uh, bigger brains of Fat Man Beyond, Mark Bernardine and Kevin Smith, who I listen to all the time and yeah respect but um both of them came up with a great idea they're like just let them do scaled down versions for hbo max 
Like really? Seriously? Give them give them a hundred, and yeah, say all right. If this is what you made better with this, then then baseline it, and get everybody like when they're free, right? Like don't don't have a schedule oh. with them. Yeah, Let's yeah, do totally. some injustice. Do some Earth two, some yeah, Earth three, yeah, and 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 have fun with it. And people will be patient, right? Dude, I would rather that than like no offense, because I know there's fan bases, but instead of those CW like Arrow, Days of Tomorrow, whatever bullshit. Put that money into like, yeah, man, Batman for adults, and like take all my fucking well, and money. bring those, <laughs> bring bring those shows, get yeah, Arrow man. and bring Arrow into those movies. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, don't get rid of Arrow. Just make them so that fans give a shit. Because like, clearly, I don't know who the fuck were the people that watched that show for that long. I tried for two seasons, and I wanted to blow my brains out because I'm just like, when I was a kid, absolutely. Why TV? Saturday mornings, I would have been all over these shows. But like, have you tried watching the Dean Kane Superman and Lois show? It's horrible. <laughs> when I was a kid, it was amazing, but it's horrible. We are, we are separated by very few years, but we are separated enough by the fact that I did like that show. You did? I like, I did too. I, did. I loved it. I, it it's, it's horrible, but I loved it. It's so bad. I loved it. But like, I watched it like actually during quarantine, it popped up and I'm like, man, I used to love this show when I was a kid and I put on like season two. Cause I'm like, usually with these shows, season two is when it starts getting really good. I watched like four episodes. I'm like, this is bad. Like he's a bad Superman. Oh, yeah. Superman's a joke in this, but like, that's what those flash and like those CW shows remind me of is I'm like junior high trails would have loved this shit, but like, you know, adult more than past junior high Charles, way past junior high Charles does not care for them. I'm just like, ugh. I would like the flash in Snyder's cut was, you know, not even there as much as these TV shows. Such a, like way better flash, way better flash. I love the fable aspect that Wonder Woman brought to it as well, where she was explaining and where you got to see Amazonian, and Atlantean have relationships. Yeah, they, they, they yeah. had it all together in this yeah. fabled universe that had depth and history, and things. Yeah, like, like I've heard other people say this. Like they're going to study this film in film school because it's beautifully done, and superhero movies should not be this beautiful to look at. Like, like Marvel yeah. movies aren't beautiful to look at. They're just really well told and and really well executed but like they don't gussy up they don't recolor to they don't fincherize it right where you have those like yeah and zach works in a color spectrum that like and that's a really especially after watchman like this guy knows how to make a comic book movie look like a comic book you know he really knows how to do that dude i work with was like he saw it he finally watched it he was like that's the guy who did watchman right i was like Exactly. For somebody who yeah. doesn't have an obsessed eye, like we, yeah. we were like, okay, we love it. We nerd out about it. And now we're going to critique it because we want to see where it, we want to see where the seams are. Right. Um, he yeah. was like, yeah, that's the Watchmen guy. And I was like, that's really like that. That's exactly what was missing because you go into this Zack Schneider universe and then you just, fall off a cliff and and 
and there's nothing there. Like it's just you're grasping at straws. And like, like I said, even if it was shorter, even if it didn't have all of these meaty parts to like just dive into, I yeah, still yeah. loved it because I went, okay, Schneider creates a thing. And if that thing isn't carried through properly, this is, this is the, this is the obvious result of yeah. taking away what makes a thing a thing and trying to replace it with another thing. Yeah. It's obvious and it looks like shit. And I think that like covers like, like just everything that you look at the weed in cover and then you look at yeah. the, the gray version of it, the black and white, like the fucking it's black and white. Are you kidding me? Yeah. You're black. Yeah. You're putting this through a black and white filter to give it some sort of film noir aspect. Like, yeah, that's so Zack Schneider. And then you I lose that with fucking dipshit Whedon. He, he released it in black and white, by the way. Yeah, I watched about an hour and a half of yeah. it. It's, it's pretty good. It's actually pretty good. It's, it's like, it, it reminds me like they released a cut of Logan in black and white. It reminds me of that. Like it just, it makes the movie feel more the mood. Like you feel more the emotion of how desperate everything is when it is in that black and white. And it just seems more sad. Like, yeah. It just seems more like there's so much more to lose. Cause it's like, man, everything's so just fucking, uh, like, you you made a really good point earlier that I wanted to say is you're, you you said how this movie will be studied in film school because like how superhero movies aren't supposed to look that pretty, which is like, I totally agree. The other reason why I think this movie should be studied in film school is just, even if this movie turned out to be shit or someone's like, I don't get the big deal. The way that it came to be, I've never heard of a movie like this happening. I've never heard of a filmmaker actually getting the chance to release the original cut like david fincher has wanted to do this with aliens 3 since he made aliens 3 and he never will he'll never get that opportunity and like maybe it's because of the pandemic which i think definitely had a big because zach snyder had a lot of time the studio had fucking nothing because everything was getting delayed so i do think that was a huge factor but it's actually wild because you know of, I'm sure you know how many directors have talked about, oh, I wish I could have redone this movie the way I wanted. And we actually got to see that with Zack Snyder's. And you don't even need to rewatch Whedon's. If you've seen it once, you just know you're like, yeah, those movies are a polar opposite. Like they're completely different, man. It's, it's, it is so crazy. And it's like, maybe, maybe Zack Snyder was just like, you know, I know I have my thing, but I'm going to make my thing like extra large just so yeah. it looks so different from yeah. so far this way so that nobody yeah. will ever remember the weed in the the weed and the weed hap the weed and the weed well and yeah like if snyder did finish say this the weed and shit never happened there is no way warner brothers would have ever okayed a three hour, let alone four, like, you know, a four hour movie. Like there's no way that would have ever happened. But again, given that it was just going to go directly to streaming, he had the time, the studio has nothing to lose. You want to make a four hour fucking cut of a superhero movie, which is completely unheard of. Go for it, man. Go for it. Like, well, do it. Have, have your go, you know, eat your heart out, buddy. Enjoy yourself. <laughs> it was good. Yeah. I I give it I give it a solid ten out of ten, man. Like it, and I, I 
just on the on, on the all around in the general category yeah. did you enjoy it yeah 10 out of 10 yeah for sure and i mean and it, you know it didn't feel super like there it, it there was no point where i was like holy fuck it's still this movie's still going like yeah. there were more if anything there were more parts where i was like oh that's all we're gonna get i wanted more of that you get <laughs> you get to a point in like the third segment where you're like what am i not getting like you start asking yeah. questions like where who are we not and like you didn't get green lantern but i mean he was in the background in a fight sequence so that was like yeah and he did given a he did push for it the studio was like no which i find fucking weird like get over the ride around fuck deadpool already made a joke about it he literally killed himself so that he didn't have to like make the movie like you don't get to shit on green lantern any more than that but the studio is still like no it's too sore still it's like no you guys don't know what you're doing and you're so scared that you're gonna do it again which you probably will so you're just not allowing him to be used like fuck off (laughs) (laughs) also i hate it but i feel like warner brothers is the kind of studio that wants to make a huge deal about having a black superhero especially with the ray fisher shit because they can't really market ray fisher anymore as they're like you know prized black guy i hate to say it that way but unfortunately that's how these fucking studios work so it sounded like zack snyder got a lot of pushback when he was trying to say that he wanted john stewart who is a black green lantern he was getting a lot of push about that i'm like why doesn't matter like, yeah like who gives a shit like do you really think in this day and age someone's gonna be like He's black. I can't watch this. And if they are, you don't want those people's money. Like, fuck those people. <laughs> it, it's it that that just drives me nuts when people get so bent. It's, it's dude. It's it makes no sense. Like when people were making a big deal, which is ironic now because the Fantastic Four movie was garbage. But when everyone was freaking out about Michael B. Jordan being the Human Torch because he's black, I'm like, so the fact that he sets himself on fire and can fly and be a fireball that's not what's amazing like that's not what's blowing your mind what's blowing your mind is that he's black that is fucking crazy that says a lot about how fucked up you are (laughs) like that tells me exactly what direction i'm walking in and it's it's crazy like how who the only time you should get upset is like yeah if they had a if they casted tom cruise's black panther absolutely freak out that's ridiculous but like if their race or heritage has nothing to do with the character then I don't think it matters. Like, I don't even think gender matters. Like, I pitched the idea of Anna Kendrick being the human torch and then her and Tom Holland having a little... Yeah. Her and Peter Parker having a little thing. And someone's like, human torch is a chick? I'm like, why does that matter? You can... She's a human and she's on fire. She's still a human torch, you asshole. Yeah. (laughs) You You can totally tell who reads comic books and understands that these characters can be whatever gender you want them to be because you're yeah. an alternate universe to the bullshit you have to live in so like exactly it is the perfect place to have th- it doesn't matter it doesn't it, it, fucking sexual yeah. it doesn't fucking matter all it matters yeah. not focusing on that that's the, and if you are then man seriously check yourself but uh yeah it's like i like i've always said like i don't care like if there's a fire and i'm in the fire and i need a firefighter to help me I don't care about gender. I don't care about race. Just if they can carry me and help me, then like you've done your job. It's the same thing with a superhero. If I am about to die, like if I'm falling to my death, 
and someone can save me and catch me, I could care less what the fuck their costume is. Dude. Unless they're like Nazi man, I save me. And then we'll figure it out after. You know what I'm talking about? be like, how did you survive? Well, a Nazi gave me CPR. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Nazi man saved me because I was white. And like, that's not even, I'm so angry. <laughs> but I'm not because I didn't want to die. But fuck, like, I didn't want to be saved by a Nazi man. Anyways, <laughs> fucking, um, I was going to tell you, uh, I love 9-11, the TV show 9-11. And one of the episodes is some ignorant redneck who uh, has a heart attack. No, it's COVID. It's COVID-related. He's having some sort of COVID-related issue. And uh, he refuses to get help from the Latino, the Asian, the African-American. Oh, my God. Like, he's like, I want the... And, and everybody's like, no. we like, And it's this question of ethics. And it was, it was really interesting yeah. to see that because, like... That's just like if that if you're that per like I would just be like you fucking no you're dead I'm sorry I'm not I'm not good enough yeah going like, from that it'd be yeah, like exactly. life is on the line but your race is a, yeah you, and that is why superheroes can be anything because it does I would I I 100% agree like if I was that dog I'd be like oh I guess you're not in enough pain okay he's okay he doesn't need to be here he's okay <laughs> like fuck that you don't want to be helped by someone because like yeah I. It's absolutely madness. That's why superheroes also hide their identity, for instance. Because could you imagine, of all things a superhero has to deal with, they'd have to deal with, like, oh, I didn't want to be saved by you. I'd be like, well, you think I want to save you? Like, you think that I woke up today and I'm like, I hope I have to save a racist person today? Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I would be a horrible superhero because I'd be like, nope, not you, racist. Yeah, like one of my favorite Batman lines was in Batman Begins, where he's like, "Look, I'm not gonna." He's like, "I'm not gonna kill you, but oh, I'm not gonna save you." <laughs> and then he just bounces out of the train. I'm like, "Good for you, Batman, for sure." Like, you found a little gray area with your rule. You didn't kill him, but yeah, you know, you don't really have to save him. It's not a contract. All right, all right. So um, we agree. The Schneider cut was absolutely worth it. I'll yeah absolutely worth it watch it you'll enjoy it like forget all the other bullshit just watch the movie it's great cool and nazis suck and superheroes can be any gender yeah <laughs> nazis suck and nazi man is like gonna be the next like shittiest coolest villain ever. <laughs> <laughs> you get a publishing house to allow you to have a nazi as... <laughs> wow captain america That's versus true. Nazi man. okay you know what great fucking transition you didn't mean to fall into uh, we haven't talked. It's been that long. We've we've both digested five of six episodes of Falcon Winter Soldier. Yeah. And uh, I let's just let's just theorize here because I want to get some more shit in. We got some trailers we want to touch on and all that. So um, for sure. So, but at this point, um, and I mean, any everything's fair game with with U.S. Marshal um, with uh, what what's her name, Carly. Morgenthau of the Flag Smashers. Oh, oh. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah, tell yeah. you, I have a big problem with, but we'll get there. Um, I first of all, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think? Do you think like the majority of the people think because the toy got leaked that that is in the box that Sam was looking in? That is a new Red Wing jetpack Wakandan built. Oh, uh, wing set. But I, but, I, but red, white, and blue. That's what I assume. Red, white, and blue. So what I assume, 
And I, I assume it because it's like, okay. My issue with the Flag Smashers is that it's one of those bullshit storylines that's really there, which it's kind of like the right, like it was there because there were some stakes with the John Walker storyline. But now that John Walker is no longer Captain America, they don't know what to do with the Flag Smashers. And then you realize this whole show is about setting up Sam as the new Captain America, which we all knew. I just feel like it should have focused more on Zemo and Winter Soldier and Falcon because that's really what we were fucking here for. Yeah. That Flag Smasher shit is bullshit. It's so annoying. And I'm like, I thought Civil War got rid of like the super soldier shit. I thought that was the big ending in Civil War was not only Cap and Iron Man fighting, but it was the fact that like Zemo capped the remaining super soldiers and then fuck, they're, they're still serum. So I'm like... That's a whole other thing that I'm like, what? Well, they, what the fuck they, is that about? They did retcon it okay enough where they were like, we just picked up where the research left off. There was enough. Like, like they, yeah, they, yeah. It's weak. I just, it's. Weak. I have a hard time taking Carly. If Carly was older, I would be like, okay, yeah. you had a battered life. But like her, the anger that she had was for somebody like John Connor from Terminator, who's gone through years yeah. of yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like 19. So I was like, girl, I don't take you seriously as being beaten by this system, right? Like the blip, I'm sure. Yeah. The blip, it's not for everybody, but like, I just, I really had a hard time taking her age seriously. Had they given her yeah. 38, 39 years old, like, you know, with some wisdom underneath and that I'd have been like, Oh, I agree. But I just to back you. Yeah. It's Baron, Baron Zemo, Sam. He's so great. He's awesome. It, it was so great to see them like doing yeah. this. Like the dance meme is still iconic. Like people are still reposting that meme. It was so great. So great. And like, I don't, he, and Daniel Brule is a, he's a great actor. He's a fantastic actor. Um, What's really like, and I, I don't want to, well, whatever. I, what's really awesome uh, about this is how Disney took a pretty big leap with with where these characters are going, and they actually yep. tied in how a black man in America can't be Captain America, yeah. but they're now making it that. Like that, I, I watched Thunder Force. You saw that video I posted about it. I was like, hey. Well, yeah, yeah. So it was really cool to see two women as superheroes in the lead. You were like, okay, this is different. This is cool. We're getting somewhere. Yeah. And they were like, and they're not the age that you've been like, we've been systemically, you know, yes, kind of used to, which is they're in their prime, like prime fitness and prime, yeah, you know, sure. age and everything. It was just like literally average Joe's getting superpowers without having that scene where it's like, yeah, I'm all ripped now because like I'm I got superpower. You know what I mean? Like I did like that. It was very much about the actual people and what they do with these abilities. And and giving, um, giving. but seeing women, yeah, like seeing women, like really, and literally not relying on a male character, like because they always find a way to do that. Usually the studios, yeah. like even with the female Ghostbusters, I thought Thor was hilarious, but it was definitely like. Well, we have to throw a man in at some point to save you women. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it was, from the, it's a week to make the real jokes for sure. But I, just, yeah, I loved how they gave Bucky that line. Right? Like it's just 
seeing yeah. progress yeah. and shit. It's seeing progress and stuff, but it's cool to see, right? It's really it is it is because it's, and big big companies are acknowledging that this these stories need to be told, and yeah, and it's it's also showing that Disney actually is giving a shit and it's not again just like we have black panther so you can't get mad at us you know what i mean because that's what a lot of studios do so it's great that it's like no anthony mackie is a great actor he's committed to this role as much as downey jr as much as all of the ogs at this point and we want to see him be he deserves to be captain america totally like he is captain america he was captain america when he was best friends with Captain America, like even Steve knew that. That's why Steve, as much as he loves Bucky, this to him, the shield was always intended for Sam. Like, you know, and it's one of those things where we all knew it, but Sam needs to know it kind of thing. And I'm not against those shows. I really like, like to me, the best part of the shows have been the more, I guess, human side of things, like his relationship with Bucky and seeing the real impact of the blimp it's not just about everybody's back it's like but the world's adapted for five years without them and then they just show up it's gonna be a fucking mess and you you (laughs) just assume because you were taken through the blip through the perspective of tony and and hulk and thor right right it's them saving the day it's that story but think about sam and bucky you gotta yeah you gotta reprogrammed winter soldier and you find out that they gave sam like he never got paid for helping Tony. yeah so you're like you're like oh there's some human aspects to these superheroes right, right. because well one of them has powers have been kind of taken away even though he's always a super soldier his ability to kill without mercy is is right. gone but like right. right sam has been auditioning to be cap since the first episode of this season like they've they've been yeah. not auditioning i should say but like they've been showing you the qualities that make yes. him a great captain america through For the sure. boat right and through working with his sister and his nephews yeah and just like slowly but surely you're like we knew as soon as sam and cap sat down in endgame that it was always going to be sam but it was literally are the studios going to are they going to succeed and do that properly and I can't wait yeah. for fucking Friday night. Um, oh, dude, for sure. Because, like, you, we got to know. I love that everyone's been posting the meme of Brad Pitt. What's in the box? <laughs> Look in the box. <laughs> but, like, I can't wait to see him suited up. Because I do. Like, I haven't even seen the toy. I read the headline. And I was like, why do they keep fucking doing this with the toys? Just hold off, you assholes. Just wait a week. Just wait a week, you assholes. But, yeah. I do think it is him. He looked in the box and not only is he fucking pumped for his new wing set, but it's the Captain America colors and he's going to rock the shield and he is finally going to be, you don't do all that training with the shield and then be like, no, I can't now. Like he's just realizing, okay, I got a suit. It's like the difference between Peter Parker being like, I got a suit and him being like, oh fuck. Okay. This is legit now. Like I'm going to do this. I'm going to be Captain America. And um, yeah, man, like, and what's smart too about it is like Marvel did a comic book. They did a storyline where Sam became Captain America as well as Bucky took over the shield. They did a storyline where he took over the shield and they're very smart because Sam is awesome, but he in no way has any superpowers. So he can get injured. 
So they could even do a thing where he gets injured and Bucky takes over as Captain America and we can get that taste of him as Captain America. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, when Sam's back, he obviously gets it because again, Captain America is a symbol of like a true, what America wants to be <laughs> or what America wants people to think of, you know what I mean? And it, it, I like, they have so much they can do with it. And I love the fact that they're like, it's doing what a season finale should do. And it's like, oh, I think it's going to deliver. It's going to be super exciting. It's going to be so wicked to see what Zemo's grand scheme is. Cause you know, that motherfucker's always up to something. Yeah, he's not gone. He's just in Wakanda. No. He's in Wakanda now, right? Which could be like the coolest slash worst thing for them because he's very intelligent. So he's going to observe everything that like is Wakanda. You know what I mean? Yeah, he might he might come out of there with some more vibranium and, and get up to no good for sure. I hope he can. Yeah. I hope he continues to dance. He, That's all I hope for. He kind of reminds me of like not the Joker in terms of like vindictive, just like mischief. Like he's kind of like a human Loki, I guess. <laughs> He just wants to fuck around. He's just like, I just show up and I just, you know, everybody gets tense around me, but he hasn't even really done anything really evil yet. He's just kind of being like a dick. <laughs> uh, that's a great, great. Another, you just, you're full of transitions today, sir, because they're <laughs> fucking trailer drops. Like I feel in the last five weeks, oh, yeah. it's just been like two a week and, and big. Yeah, man. It's nuts. Uh, Loki. What do you, what do you think in this whole time? This, this dystopian, time uh catchers trying to stop loki from like i think i think the multiverse of madness is the break in time that loki causes and i think this is the timekeepers trying to put it back together and it doesn't necessarily work because when you fracture one they show they they, they've shown you that the spider web effect of how many other universes get affected so yeah i think this is the start of the multiverse of madness and tying things together. Like you'll see whatever happened in WandaVision, whatever happens in this will like meet in the middle and then get all Venn diagram with multiverse of madness somehow. I could not agree more with you because, you know, one of my biggest things when Disney was really showing us their plans for the television, like for their TV universe and given COVID, you know, the TV universe has been a little bit more reliable than their movies, obviously, because they're delaying everything. So, hey, you know, um, I would love it if you just pause for a sec, because I really got to fuck. Sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude, for sure. I'll take a quick pee break myself. <laughs> it's a perfect time.
mi ključ? Hello. Anyways, uh, you were saying. Oh, what was I saying? <laughs> time heist, time travel. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, I totally agree with you. I think. Uh, sorry, I just gotta crack a window here. Yeah, I totally think that. Um, I definitely think what's going on with WandaVision, we're going to hear ripple effects in Loki. I think we're going to see a whole kind of side of the MCU we've never seen before, and they can give it really cool development with, uh, with the TV show. And I really love the idea that everybody knew in Endgame, like I just finished re-watching Endgame uh, a couple nights ago, and as soon as he gets the Tesseract and he disappears everybody in that moment in the theater was like fuck what is he gonna do like what is he gonna do and we knew we're like that can't just be something that marvel's doing and they're like ha, and we'll never hear about right so as soon as you got a tv show you're like it's gonna be about this guy because the fact that he died in our timeline and he's alive in this one is a huge fucking ripple effect that they're like you know owen wilson's like wow <laughs> he's got a He's because he's the detective, right? He's the one that's yeah. trying to take down Loki. So, and and they they refer to, like I love that they refer to a couple unsolved mysteries or unsolved murders where it's Loki, is the prime suspect. Like there was that, I can't remember his name, but he wore sunglasses. He was in a suit, and he apparently robbed like a bank and then jumped out of an airplane. And he's never been seen of again. He's never been heard of again. This happened in like the sixties, I think. Oh, how they... like out time Loki is responsible for. Yeah. yeah. Cause Loki totally is playing that guy. There's one shot in the trailer where he is, he, his hair is like short like that. It's ex <laughs> he looks exactly like the description, the infamous description. And he's on a plane. I'm like, that makes so much sense because they're still considered unsolved mysteries for us. So I'm like, the fact that they're going to make Loki responsible for that shit is like, he is the god of mischief. That's hilarious. Like, I love that idea. It's going to be so much fun. And like, how is it going to end? Is Loki going to be alive now in our timeline? Or is he just fucking around in another timeline for his whole show do you know what i mean like uh i'm gonna say from from the from the back row here i'm gonna i'm gonna half court this one i'm gonna say that he somehow can traverse timelines but can't stay and yeah he'll sacrifice himself to put the passage right again i think because what we what we end up seeing of loki is that even though he loves to cause mischief he's he has a conscience he does, yes. And it seems like from movie one to where he is now, he's gotten better at being a better person. Like he's getting better each kind of situation he finds himself in. Because even in Thor Ragnarok, he's still a dick, but then seeing him and Thor work together, you love it. It's so nice to like, you're actually like, this is great. When they're like shooting those fucking laser cannons together, I'm like, this is great. Yeah. Oh, that was. <laughs> It's it's the uh, Odin son and Odin son. Well, half, half yeah, Odin right. Son, but enough Odin son. Uh, yeah, but I'm 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 looking forward to to just Hindleston. I have a Hindle crush. Yeah, I really. Yeah, I love I loved him in Kong Skull Island. I loved him. Yeah, in, uh, there was this weird dystopian future movie I watched where he moved into this apartment building, 
Oh, I saw that one. It was great. Right? So it was him and someone else, and they were really good too. But yeah, that was a great movie. I can't. I don't want to Google just yet, but I mean, but... he played that role so well, and it's very different from anything you've seen him in. Oh, it totally is. It's it's one of those like he got a minute to do something he wanted. That's that's not a paycheck. That's yeah, a, that's a. I love this story, and I can do it. And, yeah, uh, I'm gonna choose it for the role. Yeah. Toads, my goats. Uh, I totally spelled Tom Hindle's. Hindle Stuggins. <laughs> uh, Tom Hindleston. He does really good impressions, too. It's really funny. Oh, doesn't he do a Jack Nicholson impression? He does, and he actually does Owen Wilson, and it's really good. <laughs> so working together must have been really funny. Like, I'm sure he made him do it for him because it's so good. There's, I hope... Oh, I hope there's an outtake of. Oh, yeah. And sorry, this thumbnail that you're on right now of Loki, that's a really famous uh, comic book storyline they only did recently. Um, vote for Loki. He's like running for president. Wow. So they're touching on years of Loki over over yeah. Loki. They're using in the show over years of, of what he's what he's being yeah. a part of. And that's the exact cover of the comic. He has the crown on like his crown and he's wearing a suit and he even has a badge that says vote for loki on his fucking suit <laughs> it's i think each episode is going to be him doing something in time like being it's going to be him interviewing with owen wilson like for all we know the whole show is they finally caught him with the tesseract and each episode is like what did you do with the tesseract and then one episode is like this is what he did the first thing he did with the tesseract and then after that, so then the last episode is going to actually lead to him getting caught and then in the prison where he's being interviewed by Owen Wilson. Uh -huh. And then maybe the season will end where he breaks out of the prison. <laughs> so you're like, what? You know what I mean? Because like, I think they're just going to have a lot of fun. High Rise, that's what it is. Yeah, great movie. Yeah. Ben Wheatley. Who's Ben Wheatley? Who, who's this director? Um, what else is he doing? Oh, he did uh, Free Fire. Free Fire. Yeah, that was a great no, one. No, I, I want to see Free Fire now. Now that I've seen High Rise, because I liked that style. Wow, he's got. A lot oh, dude, going on. Free Fire is wild, and Brie Larson is really. She's really good in it. Yeah, everybody's good in it. Oh, we're gonna go down an IMD. Oh, wow, Charlotte Cult. Yeah, dude. Army Hammer before Army Hammer started eating people. Uh, Man, and it kills me. <laughs> he's so good in it. He's so good in it, and I really like Army Hammer as an actor. But like, man, is he a piece of shit human? <laughs> yeah, a fucking cannibal. How are there still cannibals unless you're living in the fucking forest and no one knows about you, like those tribes in Brazil? I don't understand how anyone is a fucking cannibal. Unless and how is that something you hit on women with? I want to eat you. No, like seriously. Let me eat you. It's like what? Like I want to. <laughs> I want to reboot Silence of the Lambs with you. Like no. <laughs> yeah. No, I do not want a nice Chianti with your fava beans you're making with my skin. Like no, dude. Anyways, um. Yeah, that's a whole nother I, uh, rabbit hole. I like Charlotte Coplay, District Nine. Um, yeah. So he is one of my favorites. He's he he's gonna do something one day that's just gonna be like. He's going to do a Dallas Buyers Club like McConaughey did. Yeah. And everyone is going to know that like he'll be a household name more. And then when people rewatch District 9, it'll be like District 9 is still one of my favorite movies of all time. It's he the best. He is so good movie ever made. 
Yeah, he is the reason that like, and I do like Neil Bloomcap for me is like, he's kind of like a Ryan Johnson. Like I love his, his movies are so good. And he had some wicked plans for Alien, but then Ridley Scott was like, I'm going to make Alien movies again. <laughs> I think he might be getting his chance at, he wants to make an Alien 5. Wow. Well, and it's supposed to take place after Alien. Oh, he wants to. Oh, wow. So he wants to go after Ripley's been made in. He wants to go after. I think he said he wants to go after Alien 2. So it's going to be like set 40 years after Alien 2. And the events of like Alien 3 and Resurrection never happened. So it's like a story of Ripley in her older age that we have not seen like anything yet. Okay. And, and And the studio was really pumped. And then Ridley Scott, which I get because it's his franchise, was like, I actually wanted to do this. And then they were just like, okay, Ridley Scott wants to make movies, so we're just going to let him do that. (laughs) Yeah, and nobody really gets in the way of of Ridley. (laughs) Not really, yeah. Like, you can't really. like. And he's make... He makes so many movies still that if one's bad in like two years, there'll be another one. Like, I uh, I had another thing on here that I thought was interesting. Uh, I can't get the link right now for some reason, but uh, it's not much. They haven't really confirmed much beyond the fact that they're doing it. But a National Treasure TV series isn't yeah. for Disney Plus, and uh, that just kind of. But they haven't said if it's Nick Cage or anything, right? Oh. They just said they're doing a TV He's show. He's confirmed for the third what he's confirmed for the third one he's not confirmed for the series he's confirmed for the third one they want oh so this series has nothing to do with the movie no well yes but at the same time they've just announced that they're making one i really want to find gotcha i want to find this because the whole point of using articles is to refer it seems kind of crazy that disney is still focused like didn't they announce they're doing indiana jones five and i'm like shouldn't that be like I don't mean to be an asshole, but Harrison Ford is old as shit. If he is going to be an Indiana Jones 5, you guys should make that movie a priority over, like, fucking National Treasure of Nick Cage. I don't think Nick Cage is going anywhere anytime soon. <laughs> Here it is. Um, National Treasure TV show and development. So, what do we have here? His hair is so bad there. Series will adapt the Disney movie starring Nick Cage and Benjamin Gates as treasure hunter who gets involved. The National Treasure was released in 2004. Uh, Book of Secrets followed. Until, despite plans for another movie, National Treasure 3 never got made, reportedly due to the filmmakers struggling to turn a property into a fully-fledged franchise. However, with the advent of Disney+, Plus, the possibility of a... Oh. oh, okay, I was wrong. Glad I did this, see? So they, they weren't making 3. This is what I was confusing it with. Um, and it's supposed to be dipping into its reserve for franchise properties for series like the Mighty Ducks Game Changers. So it's supposed to have that uh, produced by Jerry Bruckheimer and new younger group of treasure hunters. Okay. I would imagine he'll probably do a cameo at some point as Benjamin Gates, but what really sparked yeah. this whole thing was like, yes, that's a great TV show, but like, I don't know of a more hard work, harder working and I just mean this by the amount of work he does in a year, not how hard it is to do these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I, I, it, and it just it feels that way because he's in everything. But Nicolas Cage turns out more films in a year per capita than like any like like some 
Maybe studios do. Like he turns out more than some major studios do in a year, and you're like, like he just is in everything. So, like, has that thinned the waters for how good some of his shit is? Follow up. Like, what is your favorite Nick Cage? I, Cageism. How do you like your Nick Cage? I think if you. <laughs> What, okay, so I think if you look at, say Nick Cage does 30 movies in a year, I guarantee 25 of them are absolutely horrible. Like, because some of them I'm like, what the fuck is this movie? This is like a straight to DVD slash straight to DVD, like streaming. Like some of the movies I've never even heard of that he's been in. And I'm like, I don't think this was a movie that got marketed for like a studio big budget film or something. My favorite nick cage i think ever like i love this movie it's one of my favorite movies and every time i watch it i fall more in love with how insane nick cage is his face off yeah which which what's his name again tyson no um not kaiser sose um uh kaiser sose tyler isn't it tyler something it's like no it's a great name i can't believe i don't know it did you hear they're apparently going to make a face-off too? I was just going to tell you. With the yeah. both of them? And I'm like, how the fuck does that make sense? It makes sense because they both said as long as the story... Caster Troy! Caster Troy. That's what it is, Caster Troy. Uh, no, they said as long as the story is good, they'll do it. So you have... <laughs> Here we go again! Give me your face! Like, what story is going to be good with their faces having to come off again? Well, here's what I think. And this is only because I've seen enough reboots lately that the story is the same, but the characters are different. So coming to America, <laughs> to America, was the same story yeah. that they went through in the first one, but now his son, his his long lost son, is going through. Right. So the story right. is what people like. They like the things that happen. Oh with my characters. god. So. I think that's what you'll get. I think you'll get same story. Now they're children. I hope their sons change their faces. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> right? I was raising Casher Troy's son for 10 years, and it was his son. It was, <laughs> it was not my son. I was raising his son. Come on. Yeah, no, it's, 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 I mean, there's not a lot to go be, on once we've seen them switch. It's going to be a parent trap for adults. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it, it is two cheesy Hollywood icons back in the same, like knowing yeah, you know, not a lot of people were like, whatever happened to, cause Caster, like, doesn't Caster die? Doesn't he get blown up in? Yeah. Like that's what I don't get. Like they, yeah, he dies. And then John Travolta almost dies, but he doesn't. But yeah, Nick Cage definitely like Caster Troy dies and it's brutal. I think he gets harpooned in a boat and then the boat explodes. Something something definitely not um yeah, not not livable. <laughs> well, why would they keep him alive? Like that guy's not gonna go to jail. The whole reason that the faces came off was because he broke out. So like yeah. it clearly doesn't work. No, there's the more we the like I was super happy about this. And the more I talk about it, the more you're taking the wind out of my sails. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is awesome. And now I'm like, how would they do that? Like, seriously, how the fuck are they going to, like... I would, like, if John Woo is direct, because John Woo is also a psycho. Like, that guy, you know, he comes from Chung Young Fat, 
kung fu movies which were never meant to be realistic it was just over the top amazing action yeah that's why face off is incredible like it's so good and mission impossible 2 is just like it's legend because of how insane all of the stunts and everything are john it's because john Woo was a stunt coordinator who somehow got the gig of being a director and a stunt coordinator being a director is exactly what it is it's nuts it's crazy action sequences like so face off it, it like if it's gonna be absolutely insane and nick cage and john travolta are in it and they're actually making jabs about how it's stupid it is i think it'd be funny yeah like if one of them says like here we go again i will be like yeah okay i'm on board <laughs> like the karate kid the 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 writers recognize their own cheese and they include it in the show yes it's it's not like you're yeah. in on the joke with them right you you get a little yes. like, okay all right we see we see what you're doing yeah you're throwing some shit yeah. back i get it it's cool no yeah I, yeah i dig that too um i just uh i like i like my i i like snake eyes a lot because that snake eyes is that's great. crazy cageism right like big yeah. loud uh, yeah obnoxious like just in your face yeah. i mean i'll always <laughs> love leaving las vegas just uh, yeah. aside it's one of the it's one of the hardest crushing stories about alcoholism you could ever watch without a doubt and that was a very deserving oscar like he fucking killed it i think he's kind of playing a little bit himself at that time like or he's just a, he's a really serious method actor at that time because his the way he plays that role it's crazy it's wild it really is and i mean i'm you can't really find much on it because they don't have much online about the filming of it but i'm some of those performances are either coming off a bender or being shot getting yeah. drunk and then being like we should roll and then it's yeah without a doubt get this because especially like the scene where him and Elizabeth Shue first hook up in it, it's like, this was not choreographed and this was not rehearsed. This is probably Cage is wasted. And, you know, not that anything is again, like they're obviously all consensual, but it's clearly that he was like, what you said, he got wasted and he's like, roll. <laughs> Cause the scene is like, it's, you're happy for their characters because they're finally, but it's also like, oh yeah, this is what happens when two alcoholics are together. Like it's kind of, depressing yeah but i mean that's also what's happening all around the world so it's like (laughs) yeah yeah not it's not all my little ponies charles it's not (laughs) it's not not all fun and rainbows i don't i I, i'm brain farting here uh moving on (laughs) um uh um, do you think he could pull off an oscar win again i mean because everything after the Oscar eventually got to the point where like, like what was that one he did where he, his kid dug up a knowing, did you see knowing? Knowing. Yeah. He digs up the time capsule. That's going to say when the world ends up. Like somebody should have told him like, he should, he should be knowing when to not do a film. Like, like, and it's just a bad film. Like I, I love everything he does. I really do. I have absolutely no problems Conair, man, The Rock. That's also one of my favorite oh, movies. Rock. Him and Sean Connery. Who in their who ever thought in a million years they'd be like, hey, you know who's a good duo? <laughs> Let's try it out. Let's get Nick Cage and John Sir Sean Connery together. Nope. Like, losers. Losers. 
<laughs> and he swears so much in that movie. I love it. He loved it. He was like, you fucking asshole. Yeah. Like, yeah, Sean. I'm a cat. Yeah, fuck it- with me. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Oh, like, it, you know, Nick Cage is something else. I, this is what I'll say. You, you asked me a great question. If he'll ever, ironically, if he will ever get an Oscar again, or even be a contender, it's going to be a role like The Wrestler, which is, he was originally offered that movie and he passed. Good. But it's going to have, oh, I know, that would have been fucking bizarre. It wouldn't have, it would have been a comedy because I would have not been able to Charles, take Nick Cage seriously. Charles, that is exactly why Superman was never made. Yeah, that, that photo of him. I'm like, how could anyone take this seriously? He's coming off Con Air. That. That's so off Con Air. Bad. Oh, is it really? That's even worse. Yeah, that's long hair, oh. Con Air. Fucking. Oh, Con Air was so bad. No. He, man, that. Uh, yeah. What was it supposed to be? It was like Superman Lives or Superman. It was supposed to be like. It was a John Peter. Yeah. So it was. Just Eddie, I'm not even gonna tell this story because I always end up telling Kevin Smith's version. Go listen to Kevin Smith though. Yeah, that's right. I've I've heard him talk. I've heard his version. It's so good. Best behind the scenes Hollywood movie stories you could ever hear. Um, yeah, because they made a documentary. I haven't seen it yet, but I know there's a documentary on the actual. Well, I've seen it. whole process. Because they, they did screen testing and everything with Cage, right? Like they were getting to this. Like I saw the costume with him in it, and it was ridiculous. <laughs> they were just shy of the finish line to start production, and it all—they all called the whole thing. And it was, and it was, t- it was Tim Burton directing it, right? Yeah, it was okay. Tim Burton, John Peters—that's Batman. That's 1989. Oh yes, that, so it was the exact same team. Same up. team up. Wow. Yeah. So there, there is like again, this is me being a, too big of a nerd, but imagine if this movie was a huge hit, then there is fucking potential. Then Michael Keaton's Batman and Nick Cage's Superman could have yeah. been the first BVS, let's say. That could have possibly happened. Because why else would you get that team? Why else would you get that team to do Superman? Those are your two heavy hitter superheroes, right? Like, that's crazy. It's Oh, no, it's... it's I, I can't... I'm already happy enough that Ke- they just confirmed Keaton for Flash, yeah. uh, Flashpoint. It's, I'm not, I'm pretty, I'm excited now. I, I, anything to see Keaton's Batman, I'm down. It's, it is a treasure to yeah. watch him do that performance. Cause it really, it really is the quintessential Batman, the dark, the crazy, yeah. the emotionally disturbed. You want to get nuts? Let's get <laughs> that fucking scene over and over and <laughs> so over good. again. And that's, that's Beetlejuice coming out in the middle. Oh, that's a hundred percent for sure. And you're like this guy played Beetlejuice, and he played, and he. Played- that's like Keaton warming up. That's probably his warming up. That's his my. That's his. Uh, he's probably like, you want to get nuts in this trailer, and that's just him getting into character. Like, uh, I, uh, he to me, he still has the best. His Bruce Wayne has always been the most interesting Bruce Wayne out of every actor. That's yeah, played. he's the most disturbed. Everybody else is a giant man child. His is like. Yeah, emotionally yeah. distraught. Yeah, yes, like the whole thing with the suit. Yeah. Can I come to you? He's like, uh, I don't know why we're like. I love his Bruce Wayne. His Bruce Wayne's so good. <laughs> Can I come to you? Like, am I? Uh, what the hell am I doing over here? <laughs> <Last> assault. 
Yeah, that's right. It was so good, man. It's so good. Like I love, or isn't there a part where he's giving her a tour and he's like, you know, I have like 30 of these rooms and I don't even think I've seen all of them. <laughs> and I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, there's, there's like, so much to that. Yeah, his his Bruce, like his Batman was, because that's the big thing that people don't realize is Joker has to be an exact reflection of Batman. Joker is bizarro Batman. Batman is bizarro Joker. So the Joker and the Batman have to match each other in that bizarro world. And Jack Nicholson's Joker to like Michael Keaton's Batman was perfect. You have Joker who's like doing all the shit he's animated. Bruce will just be still and then he'll just knock someone in the face. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, it was so, and when they have their banter at the end on the tower, when they're having their dialogue, it's so good. It's so good. Like, and same with Heath and Bruce, like Heath and Christian Bale. Christian Bale was the Boy Scout Batman, and Heath Ledger was the absolute. Some men just want to live to watch the world burn, and it was so fucking good to see their their two. Charles, that's why. Charles. Like, yes. <laughs> some men want to watch the world burn. That's what I'm it is. Michael some men. I'm Michael Cohen. <laughs> <laughs> have you uh have you watched invincible oh dude i am rereading the comic for a fifth time because of the show like okay so I, i'm i love this it. is perfect because i'm new to invincible oh and you love it are you loving it dude uh i need to so book good. a slot with my therapist i've never watched something more violent in my life yeah it's so good and you know what's funny the comic book is the same way. It's so beautiful. It's such good. Like the TV show is exactly how the comic book is drawn and animated. And when it's violent, it's like, whoa. Like they show you the close-ups of someone like, you know, like brains getting smashed in. And you're like, I can't believe this is the same thing. <laughs> it's nuts. It's wild. I, uh, one of the greatest voice casts I've ever seen for oh, an animated oh, that show. That voice cast is heavy. It's amazing. Like, incredible the, the the like the the one dayers the ones who were like hey we just want your voice like yeah seth rogan as yeah this alien alan 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 the alien, alan the alien. uh yeah no i'm i am uh i've said it before and martin told me about it martin was like dude you should seriously watch invincible and i was like yeah but I was, it's okay. so good the voice cast all right i need hour-long animation i've realized that yeah is. Yeah, and because I am just drawn to every character, like and yeah. for those of you who haven't seen it, um, Charles can definitely fill you in where I fuck up. Uh, it is a story about when a young man and his father, who's a superhero, um, when that young man hits puberty and then he gets to become a superhero and finds out that his father has an incredibly dark secret, which I have yet to discover, but. Um, yeah. right quick in the first episode without spoiling anything uh, there's a 10 minute end credit scene that is the most like if you thought the violence in Kill Bill 2 no 1 where they show um, oh yeah like straight up a dude getting chopped in half right? with the samurai yeah. sword like that, that <laughs> and just the, the blood just spraying yes. of blood yeah. that scene that's a very violent scene. And obviously they did that because they wouldn't have to change the rating, even though it was still R, but you know what I mean? Like they got away with a scene. Yeah. And I, 
Oh he's yeah. Paying, he's paying homage to anime and, and that art and all that shit too. But, uh, uh, that was, that was like the most violent cartoon I've ever seen. And now oh like, yeah, this, I was in bed. I got up and was like, like my neck was tense from watching. <laughs> it's at the end of the first episode. Uh, Yes, I, I really don't want to spoil it for anybody because that's exactly where the story changes, and it's oh, 100%. to to enjoying it. But um, it's a really great story. Uh, Sandra O, oh, J.K. Simmons, uh, Steve Yoon. Oh, uh, Steve Yoon, who is an Oscar nominated. I didn't even realize that he is. Yeah, Oscar nominated. Yeah. Uh, uh, you got Jason. Oh my God. Jason, I always mispronounce his last name, but he's one of the main voice casts in Big Mouth. If anybody's a oh, Big Mouth fan. yeah, he's he's Red 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 Fetch Red, the fuck. Oh, uh, Red. No, he's um Rex. Rex. He's Rex. Yeah, he's the yeah. He's like Gambit. He's basically Gambit, essentially. Uh, yes, Jason Van Dukas, uh, Zachary Quinto, who is perfect as oh, robot. So great. Like he is. He like the voice cast is Zazzy Beats, who is great too. Oh, like no. the voice cast is so good. Yeah. Zazzy Beats is Domino from Deadpool, and then um, what, I don't know her name, but she's from Atlanta. Um, she's she's yeah, in Atlanta. She's great. She's so smart. Ass. Yeah, and she was in Joker. Yeah, she was in Joker too. She's really yeah. good. No, I really really good. Like watching her. Um. So- so I, without, I will not spoil like Invincible is the one show. Uh, it's so funny. You mentioned like Claudia has not read the con. She knows nothing about the story. She's hooked to the show. Um, and it's really difficult. So I always ask her, what do you think is going to happen? I just don't, I give the same response because I just, I cannot be a person that spoils something for someone because I've had something spoiled for me and it's fucking heartbreaking. So Invincible, I'm very careful with discussing, but all I will say is the first episode ends on such a holy fuck moment that I've never seen a show on a pilot be as ballsy. It's like Breaking Bad. Like I thought Breaking Bad was one of the ballsiest shows I've ever seen for a premiere. Invincible is just the new standard. It is wild. Like the way the first... What they did with the first episode, I thought that's how the season was going to end because I already knew, like, I know about these events. So I'm like, I think that's how the first season is going to end because they can do a lot build up to that. When the first episode ended with that, I was like, wow. I was like, Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg, their producers on this, they clearly are huge fans. They're like, no, let's not hold back. Let's fucking give her because yeah, man, like it is, it's wicked. Like they're, and they're planting so many seeds, just like the comic book with villains and stuff. It is so good. And it's just a homage. Like Robert Kirkman is a huge fucking nerd. He loves comic books. Like he loves superheroes. This show is meant to be like, oh, like Red Rush is their Flash. It's literally Flash, but he's called yeah, Red Rush. And he super. is, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and like, and it's awesome though because we're nerds and we are like, oh, that's supposed to be Batman, and you're like, yeah, kids, it is, and you're like, ah, yeah, what is <laughs> you know, like hood? it's great. Dark Hood is yeah, Batman. yeah, yeah. Night Hood or Dark Hood is Batman. Red Rush is Flash. Uh, in our um, Immortal is Superman, basically. Uh, Omni Man is Superman, yeah. basically. Like, Omni Man, I think um, Omni Man is more Doctor Manhattan. Yeah, I'd say that's a good comparison. I'd say Immortal is Superman and Omni-Man is Dr. Manhattan. That's a really good way to put it, for sure. And yeah, you made a, you said something really cool too, is like 
they've basically planted a seed of a huge fucking mystery in the first episode and we're what six episodes in and you still don't know like you're getting more of the thread but you still don't know and again i'm here sitting when claudia's like oh my god and i'm just like you don't even know (laughs) you don't even know and like there's things already that they have changed in the in the show compared to the comic and i've liked what they've done not huge changes but enough changes that i'm like they could still do the thing I know from the comic book, but it could be done in a different way. Like it could be a different character that instigates what happens or something. So it's kind of cool from someone who reads the comic book because it's still new for us too. You know, it's not like word for word, shot for shot, it's the comic book. Like, so I, I like that. I like that it's still new for everyone. Yeah, because you want you want it rearranged to create curiosity instead of like yeah. every panel. And like right. a comic book, because I, I, I've come to know who Kirk, like, I mean, I know Kirkman from Walking Dead and I knew Walking Dead was a graphic novel, yeah. but yeah. didn't, like I was a Walking Dead TV guy. I didn't come from it from reading the, the graphic novel, but right. after having watched Walking Dead and I was like, okay, I'm gassing out with the dead. I never finished it. Ugh. But Ugh. with this, I, I listened to an interview with him and just <laughs> listen to how like, sarcastic and dark he is and i was like okay i want to watch this because it it it, he reads to me as somebody who like it's a very it's very on keel with the the boys in yes to the ethical scenarios superheroes find themselves in in yes how they like our superheroes half human half uh viltramite is i think viltram yes planet viltram yeah viltram viltramite um you got it. Yeah, no, I, I, I can't get enough of it, and I want. Oh, power J.K. Power. Simmons should voice act more. He should voice act more. His voice is so good. Like I told Claudia, I was like, when I read the comic book, the voice that I always thought of for Omni Man when I read his parts was J.K. It was one. I can't remember the other actor and J.K. Simmons. Like I'm not even kidding you because. Even the way he's drawn, he looks like J. Jonah Jameson. He does. J.K. Simmons. Like, he totally totally does. does. (laughs) Yeah, he totally does. And that's why, like, in the comic book, he's drawn the exact same way. And I always thought of J. Jonah. And I'm like, well, J.K. Simmons will always be J. Jonah for me now. So I was like, hey, I picture his voice. And seeing it on the show, man, it gives me chills. Because it's like, especially with how the storyline is, right? Like, it's so fucking mysterious. And it's just like, uh, it's unreal, man. It's, it's really good. And what I can say is what I like about it is they're definitely not making this show. Like if the show is only five seasons, they're going to tell the story in five seasons. And it is a wild story. If it's 10 seasons, they'll tell the story in 10 seasons. Like it's going to take however long it needs to, but the story that it evolves to, man, it's wild. And it's one of those stories, like it ends but it ends like how Star Wars ends, where you're like, this could be the last one, but if they want to, because it's like a universe and it's ongoing, it could keep going somewhere. Like, so it's uh, it's cool. Like, it's really, it's really neat. And Kirkman, again, is such a fanboy. Like, he, he does so many things, like, without giving, like, I, there's so many things that happen in the comic. I'm like, they could never, they could probably never do this in the show, or who knows? The show might do it differently but without giving anything away there's a character that actually goes 
into the space-time continuum and goes into multiple timelines. And one of the timelines is with actual Bruce Wayne Batman. And, <laughs> and he says something like, you look like Dark Hooded Batman's like, what? And then you as the reader know it's Batman, but they're like, uh, and then Batman's like, uh, and then he literally just steps out and goes into a different timeline. And then later on, issues later, they'll just cut to Bruce Wayne being in the Batcave, still being like fucked up from what happened and he can't figure it out. It's so like, they do jokes like that, that you're like, this is so funny. And it's so for like, fanboys and it's like even like the running joke in invincible's comic book is mark is obsessed with that comic book seance dog and he's mentioned it in the show that he loves this yeah seance dog is just dr strange but it's just they get away with it because it's a dog so literally he even has a time stone but it's a bone (laughs) instead of a stone but it's literally dr strange but he just does it as seance dog it's so funny and like I don't know how far they'll explore it on the show, but in the comic book, it's like a reoccurring thing. Like Mark is obsessed with it. And eventually the dog gets like a little beard, just like Dr. Strange. It's so funny. Oh yeah, he has the full, it's his exact uniform, but it's like, he's a dog. So they, it's not plagiarism. Cause it's like, if I dressed up my dog as Batman, you know, it's not Batman. It's just, it's a dog wearing a costume. So that's how he gets, it's so funny, dude. It's so, it's so funny. Like, um, but yeah, like those are the nice little things that Kirkman does and how he is as a writer. And I like that they're really honoring it. And like, I'm telling you, like the show is exactly if you read the comic book. Like that's what I love is that they've kept the actual artistic direction the same as the comic book. Because in the comic book, it's what you look at when you see Superman. It's these bright colors and hope. But when it's violent and very violent, it's very violent. Like it's bright and it's graphic and you're like holy shit and like yeah like it's like yeah it's hard to talk about without saying anything but people definitely watch it i mean i'm sure later on we'll do a podcast episode when the season's done and we'll have to discuss it because i know i kind of have an idea of where it could be going and again i could be completely wrong but it's an even bigger what the fuck moment of like what so we'll have a lot to discuss. <laughs> like I am fully prepared that Claudia is probably going to scream when like in a way where it's like, ah, <laughs> cause like, I'm telling you, like that's the one advantage about reading a comic book, especially when it's done is the, f- if I had to wait for them to publish the next issue, like I read the walking dead and then caught up and I actually stopped reading it for a couple of years. When I found out it was ending, I'm like, oh, now I can start reading it again because I couldn't wait. Like I couldn't, Robert Kirkman ended every issue of The Walking Dead on a cliffhanger, every issue. And some of the cliffhangers would be like a character who's just like is standing in a bush who's been watching them. And you're like, what? (laughs) And that's how like an issue ends. And you're like, well, what the fuck? So like, I couldn't wait with that. I also heard that he just ended the series. He did. And it was good. It was really good. But it was really good, but he didn't do a big push for it. He just let... No, he didn't. He didn't even announce. Yeah, it. he let the public. No, but he here's what was cool yeah. about it. He was like, he told everybody, "You're gonna want to order more copies." Of- yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just kind of telling you, like, this is a really special edition. So yeah, um, buy a thousand, and then he just ended it, and you guys, but he yeah. was like, "What? This is crazy." 
Yeah, man. He didn't big, do a big push to trick people. He was just like, no, I'm just going to. No. And it was like, and the way he did it too, is he was like, hey guys, so the next month's issue is going to be out a week later than normal, which I apologize for, but it is the last issue of the show, of the, of the series ever. It's going to be a double issue and I'm really excited about it. And you guys have been amazing. Thank you. And I was like, yeah, it was exactly what you said. You were like, what? But holy fuck, that's so exciting. But what? What? And like the way that it was going before he announced that it was officially, it was in a way where you were like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck does this mean? Like what? And when then, and then when he was like, okay, so next month it's the last one. You were like, I totally get it, but oh my God, I can't, like, I couldn't mentally prepare. You know what I mean? Like he didn't give anyone real time to prepare, but it, it honestly, dude, reading it without really understanding that it was the last one it ended on such a beautiful note and then he did an afterward and the way he ended the afterward honestly this is not a spoiler or anything he literally just ended it with p.s negan lives and it was just like huh because in the comic book negan just walks into the like open free range and everyone's like like the idea is that negan is being sent to his death and he's just gonna walk until obviously he gets killed by zombies or he dies of starvation and you actually never hear about him again and like that's like 50 issues go by and you never hear about him there's no mention of him and then the comic ends and then on this afterward kirkman ends it with negan lives you're like what and then he talked in an interview and he said I don't have any plans to do anything with The Walking Dead. However, it's my baby. And yes, if I revisit it, it's only going to be from the perspective of Negan. And that's all he said. And the one thing I will say about the show is Jeffrey Dean Morgan is an amazing Negan. They did a great job casting him. It's just unfortunate that his talent is being wasted on that shitty show. Because I don't know what happened, but they went off the comic books so bad and now it's its own thing and it's terrible. I, I stopped watching it the first season they introduced Negan because of how lame they were making his story. Like Jeffrey Dean Morgan was great, but Negan was just being butchered that I was like, I can't watch this anymore. So I honestly have no idea. Like I know the whole Rick thing. Like I know that Rick is not a thing on it anymore and they think he's dead, but he's not. And they're supposed to be doing these movies with Rick's character, which I'm like, especially during COVID, who the fuck is going to watch these movies? What are you talking about? But just, I also don't know who's still watching The Walking Dead. <laughs> I don't know anybody either. And that is exactly I know. where I kind of fell off the rails with it too. And yeah, you know man. Maybe I'll revisit it, but for now. Um... Yeah, now that I don't have to wait between each bolt, like maybe. But like, yeah, man, that show, it had... It started off great, then it kind of went, uh, then it went really good. Like that season with the cannibals was awesome. And then when they were going, it was like when they were going to find that um, town, the, the town where it was supposed to be the safe haven, they get there. It's cannibal season. That whole part was oh, that great. That was good. I remember that. After the cannibals, they just never recovered. It never got interesting again. And then it did with Megan. But then they did what it always did. They started off the season with something crazy. And then it felt like the whole season was just filler and then crazy season finale. And I just couldn't do it anymore. I'm like, and like when they would say, hey, we renewed 
the actor that plays Rick, we renewed his contract for three years. And then there's an episode where it's like, Rick's trapped in a basement with a whore. Will he get out? It's like, well, I know he does because you announced that he's uh, renewed his contract. So this is boring now. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, like, what the fuck are you guys doing? (laughs) Well, like I said, maybe I'll revisit it. But with your opinion, probably not. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? We'll watch uh, somebody will put together a really good um, compilation of the scenes to watch in The Whole Walking Dead. And I'll watch that like one hour and a half long movie that Supercut somebody will make and it'll probably be really good. Because sometimes I watch Supercuts of things like, and I'm like, oh, that was actually pretty good. And I'm glad I didn't have to waste my time with like, you know, eight hours of television episodes or something like the agents of shield show i could never get on board with but the one season where they did ghostwriter i was really intrigued some kid edited like a 25 minute supercut of just the ghostwriter scenes from that season and they're wicked (laughs) they're really good i'm gonna get into supercuts now i completely forgot those things exist because dude i'll send you that one it is so good it's like a mini ghostwriter movie and like some of it I don't understand because clearly you do need to watch the episode, but then it's just ghostwriter being ghostwriter and doing wicked stuff. And you're like, oh, okay. I don't need to know what's going on. This is awesome. <laughs> this is popcorn. I love it. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Anyways, sir, we have, we have reached our, our destination. Oh man. I've talked to your, I've talked to your uh, oh, viewers oh. and Michael. I've, you've <laughs> talked to mine. I've talked to yours. Uh, <laughs> and again we we didn't get we, we got through most of the shit we still got shit for we did all hey and you know what we still have a lot of good stuff to to look for leftovers dude we'll reheat it next time oh man we'll have mortal Kombat to discuss next time yeah yeah we will because that's next week is it not no way man that's three days it's this friday baby that's right. it's this week yeah yeah man i'm pumped we will have- <laughs> it looks so good we'll have to divulge that whole thing because that thing looks amazing uh, totally for sure sir um so everybody this is a part of that show where uh i tell you that you need to go and watch all of the things that the nerdgasm does and charles is going to tell you where <laughs> Yeah, um, everybody, you can head over to youtube.com slash cfbomb. Uh, literally think of the F-bomb and then put a C in front of it and you should find me. Um, yeah, all issues of the Nerdgasm are streaming there right now. I've had a little bit of a slow start this year to getting content out, but I've been working on... Uh, so the uh, Nerdgasm's version of the Oscars, as I call it, the nerdies. So those are all the awards that we really care about, but no award show will ever do like best villain, best hero. I also give worst awards, like worst hero, biggest disappointment. Um, Yeah. You know, I, it's a lot of fun and I'm working on that. It's almost done. And I'm excited to share with you guys what my picks were for 2020, especially with how fucking shitty of a year it was. Um, (laughs) There was still, there was still, nerds were lucky enough. There was still enough content that we can actually discuss some, uh, there was some really actual surprise hits last year. Like, we discussed on the show earlier, but Mandalorian season two, for instance, was a hidden gem that uh, came out last year that I think everybody needed. And um, yeah, I also do like an actual like little mural at the end, like, uh, you know, for nerd stars that have passed away, like Sean Connery, uh, Ian Holm, I know passed away last year too. So do a little thing uh, and whatnot. That's going to be up again on the channel, youtube.com slash So 
yeah, you guys should uh, head over to the channel. And uh, I'm actually working on one of the first episodes that we've recorded for this podcast. We do, uh, we do film everything uh, between Michael and I. So working on like a mini trailer, if you guys will, <laughs> just to promote. And then uh, we are actually going to be sitting down together in person and we're going to do one of these episodes and that'll be a lot of fun to show you guys. Yeah. Uh, who knows? Maybe that'll be a live stream. You know, I've been playing around with those a little bit. Who knows? We'll see what technology we have. Oh, there's like one button in Zoom where you're just like, want to live stream to Facebook? We could. I just don't give enough of a shit to look better. <laughs> oh, I, I know. And part of me is always nervous where I'm like, what if we talk the whole time in like 10 minutes and it's like technical difficulties? Yeah. No, I still have PTSD from the last time. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, for us, though, ladies and gentlemen, uh, yes. uh, you've done this dance before. You can do it again uh realdebaters.ca if you want to look at us read us donate to us shop us all the things that's us is the realdebaters.ca the realdebaters at gmail oh, yeah. is uh, how you can email us and at realdebaters is how you can follow us and it's all spelled r-e-e-l uh yeah i have been michael petro and this has been oh charles fernandez <laughs> Um, every time i'm always surprised oh <laughs> yeah who me me this? oh <laughs> and uh that's been that's been special features number four it's been a pleasure uh and uh watch all the movies yes have a good night everybody or day wherever you are god bless <laughs> <laughs> uh, i can't get out of thumbnail mode <laughs>